Welcome to the Random Inks Podcast. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, good to be here. Yep, today is November 27th, 2017, and this is episode 11. We want to thank you for joining us today and listening in to the latest updates and latest news out of the nerd world. Uh, today we got a good show for you. We're going to be talking about Justice League. And it came out a couple weeks ago, and it's gotten some mixed reviews as usual, to, as you know, it seems to be with the the DC movies nowadays, where either you love them or the critics hate them, and we're in, we fall on the camp of we love them. So we're going to be talking about that as well as some of the latest Rotten Tomatoes controversy that's popped up regarding this movie. Uh, the Punisher came out on Netflix uh, last week as well. And so we'll be talking a little bit about that. Mark and I have started watching that, but haven't finished it. So we'll just be talking about our initial thoughts and uh, what we think about it. And also for the past uh, few episodes, we've been talking about the latest Brandon Sanderson book, Oathbringer. So he had a release party on um, release day. And so we went to that and we'll, we've took some video and some audio. We've posted those to our social media accounts, to YouTube and patreon as well and so we'll be talking you know more in depth about that party and how it was and what we liked about it so and also uh we teased last episode i believe about a new terminator movie coming out so we'll be getting into that and talking a little bit about the the terminator franchise and what's next for that so once again we want to thank you for joining us and we'll, we'll get into it so justice league came out uh, November 17th, and Mark and I both went and saw that um, separately, but we've both seen it. And uh, I was highly anticipating this release. Um, the trailers, while, while good, didn't really give away a lot of the story, and they seemed to be showing a lot of the same scenes over and over again without expanding on them in the trailers and the TV ads. But regardless, I was, I was excited to see it, interested to see where it took the, the story after Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. And for me personally, I was not disappointed. I was one of those that thoroughly enjoyed it. And it is one of my favorite DC movies that has come out in the past, you know, few years since Man of Steel. And I think it's a fitting end to the Man of Steel trilogy at least from what we've gotten so far, The Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, and then Justice League. And it fits in very well to the previous um, movies, those two, as well as Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad. They've all kind of dovetailed nicely and culminated in Justice League. And I was not disappointed. Really, the only thing I was really disappointed in was the runtime. I wanted it to be longer. Uh, I wanted more uh, awesome scenes with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, the Holy Trinity of DC. And I wanted more Aquaman. I think that was one of the storylines that suffered from the, the runtime was we didn't get to see a lot of him and his backstory, but I did enjoy what I did see as well as the flash. He was a a welcome addition to the story, to the overall universe. Uh, He, he brought the, the humor, the fanboy aspect to the movie. And, you know, it was refreshing to have him there as well as cyborg, um, Cyborg's story was great. He was one of the, the integral parts of the of the story, and he played a vital role in what we saw on screen. So overall, I was um, really pleased with it, and I've seen it twice now, 
and it was better the second time uh, as I didn't have to, you know, guess what was going on or, you know, try and figure out what, how this related to that or anything like that. I could just sit back and enjoy it because I knew it was coming and it could, you know, start to pick out the nuances, start to pick out the background stuff and, you know, just enjoy the movie. So that's what I, those are my initial thoughts of it. What about you, Mark? You know, I, I enjoyed it. I I really did. It was thoroughly enjoyable. I liked the story. I liked uh, a lot of great action scenes. Uh, You know, I, it's hard to find a whole lot of fault in it initially because I'm such a fan of the Trinity. I'm such a fan of Superman, Batman. I'm such a fan of, uh, you know, the the bad guys, the good guys. I, I'm a big fan of all of it. So it's really hard for me to when I when I watch these to initially find a whole lot of you know issues with them. Uh, I think looking back now, I think one of the things that as I take a step back, the one of the things that that I saw lacking was storyline. Now, what I mean by that is things happened really fast, right? right. All of it, you know, you say, see the first one, the Superman, he's introduced, you had a whole movie for it, had a whole movie for Wonder Woman, Batman and Superman fight, and then boom, like end of the world type stuff going on, right? All of a sudden. And you've got new characters in it. Where did Aquaman come from? How does he fit in? Uh, you know, Flash is kind of, I think everyone knows Barry Allen's story. So, I, you know, I, I'm okay with them not, you know, going going too in-depth there. Cyborg, he's introduced, you know, and he has a backstory. I thought they did a lot better with him than they did with uh, Aquaman. Yeah. And uh, But now you have Steppenwolf, like, who the heck is this guy? Where You know, how does he fit in? You know, uh, all this stuff. And he talks about Darkseid in it, and, or Darkseid. And, and uh, you know, it just seems like it happened really, really fast. And as a comic book fan and someone that knows the story, that's okay. I, I like it. But when I look at it from a point of view as, as people that may not be as big of a fan as I am, I could see how people could get lost. And, and I've seen that in a lot of the reviews. You know, The storyline's not strong enough. There's missing plot holes. They're mis- missing this. But really, there's not. It just seems that way because they skip a lot of story because they assume you already know it. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that as a fan, but as a as someone of you know st- sitting back as a critic or something, I, ha- I I do have to ding them on that because you know your fans are going to come regardless uh, if you have that story in there or not. But the other people are the people you're targeting, you know, and you need to kind of complete the storyline from. So that's the one thing I saw that was really really lacking. But other than that, I mean, it was. It was really great. I mean, I really did like how they did Steppenwolf and and how he threw down and you know his kind of bad guy genre and just everything. It was it was a great movie all around. My wife went and saw it with me. She enjoyed it. Um, yeah, you know, my I, wife went with me as well and she loved it. Um, her quote was, "It was awesome." When I first asked her if she liked it, she did not like Batman versus Superman. She's tried to watch it. She went and saw it with me in the theater and didn't like it. And mostly because Superman wasn't depicted as a hero. You know, everybody didn't like him and he dies in the end. Um, so she didn't like it. But she loved Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how did, how did you like, I mean, we're not spoiling anything. It's been a couple of weeks. If you haven't seen it, 
you're not in the cool club today. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, we're going to talk about it. So yeah. if you haven't seen it, you want to see it, fast forward a little bit because yeah. we're going to talk about it. But I mean, so Justin, how, what did you think how they brought Superman back? Did you like that? Did you like how they did it with the technology and all that? I did. I wasn't sure how that would happen, what they would do, what route they would take. I know there was a big storyline in um, in the comics about how Superman dies, but I didn't. That was when I was kind of in college and had didn't have a lot of time to read comics. I was going to school and playing a lot of basketball and stuff like that, so I wasn't into the nerd stuff at that point. And so I missed that whole storyline and how they brought him back. So I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. But I did like how they gave a plausible explanation how, you know, these mother boxes are essential in creating life and that due to Superman's power and the power of the mother box, it could, in fact, work to bring him back. So there's a plausible explanation. Um, There was a little bit of, you know, comic book science, I guess you could say, behind it. And they needed, the team needed to work together to be able to facilitate that and that's i guess that's what i enjoyed about it most you know wonder woman was a skeptic batman was the idea guy and pushing for it uh, cyborg had to tap into the the ship um the kryptonian ship to be able to make it work flash had to provide the spark at the right moment and only he could you know provide the the right moment with the right amount of power to be able to do that so they all had to work together to be able to do that and i appreciated that and to have him come back, Superman come back, and he wasn't just like, hey, guys, how you been? It was, you know, you were a little <laughs> scared, you know, like, oh, my gosh, is this going to be like an evil Superman? He's going to, he started attacking the League, and he almost killed Batman. You know, it was pretty intense. You didn't know which way it was going to go. And that's one thing I've always appreciated about Justice League or the DC movies is there's always a moment where you're like, what is going to happen? I have no idea. It could go great. It could go bad. What is going to happen? You're just waiting for it. And that was well, that moment. Yeah. And, and you, I think you really saw, too, uh, Superman's raw power. Yeah. Right? I mean, because you see him and he, and he fights, um, who was it, Doomsday. And, you know, he's kind of getting tossed around a little bit. And it looks like, you know, uh, uh, Wonder Woman's doing just as good as he is, you know, if not a little bit better some of the times, you know, because she didn't die and he did kind of thing. But, yeah. uh but you really got to see, oh, okay, yeah, Superman is bad A. Like, he can take everybody out all at the same time. Yeah. with You know, without too much worry. I mean, th- that was a great scene. And probably one of my favorite, most favorite scenes w- was in that whole take right there is when uh, Flash comes running around like he's <laughs> going to flank him, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to get behind Superman. All of a sudden, you see Superman's eyes moved. And uh, I... I don't know who's seen this, and maybe we should post this on our our uh, page. But you know, it's the funniest meme is you know it shows Superman's eyes to the side, and then it shows Flash running around him with that look of oh crap, and then like underneath there's a caption that's like the moment Flash knew he effed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm sure he was like oh crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was pretty hilarious at that point. Yeah, so, but, no, I appreciated that, those to really see how powerful he was. And then when he fought Steppenwolf, too, you know, yeah. like, oh, this is, a, this is a guy to be trifled with. He's not just another superhero. He's, like, the man. The, yeah. you know, 
Uh, so you see and, why you know their mother boxes waited until Superman died, because you know Steppenwolf could defeat all of them together and individually. He could do whatever he wanted with them, but he couldn't overcome Superman. Oh yeah, no, no. And in one of the trailers, it kind of showed that, right? They, it didn't say it in the book, in the movie itself. I didn't hear it, but you know, in the trailer when it's like you know there's there's no lanterns and there's no yeah. Kryptonians. Yeah. And it's, it seems like, you know, whoever's behind this, we all know, but whoever's behind this <laughs> kind of understands the power that's involved with Kryptonians and lanterns. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, there was no lanterns in this movie. There was one. No, there was no active <laughs> lantern in this movie besides some memory. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah, and I was I was hoping that was like the surprise, right? I mean, everyone knew Superman was coming back. I don't, you know, it's not like they had to try to hide it. Yeah. But uh, I really wanted to see a Green Lantern, uh, Hal Jordan. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure we'll see him, or maybe I don't know. Do you know if there's any type of rights issue going on right now that it's not allowing it, or? I don't think so. I think they're just saving it for when Darkseid shows up. I mm-hmm. think they can't put everything out there because, one, they're going to have a, a Lanterns movie in, I think it's 2020. It's, you know, down the road, maybe even further out than that. But I think they're just going to develop that whole storyline later. And they didn't want to rush it, which I can appreciate. But at the same time, I would have like to have seen some hint maybe it's like even just a throwaway line where oh we tried to contact the lanterns but they were busy <laughs> i don't know something right <laughs> they were busy uh <laughs> lantern yeah uh, i mean i guess they could do something like i think they're just saving it for later like something with sinestro right yeah like they could say oh how jordan was fighting sinestro yeah. and kind of do something there and i've heard a little bit of rumors that that's kind of they might show something like that like the war with the Lantern Corps or something, but who knows, right? Who knows what they'll do? But but just in general, you know, who knows what they'll do with the Green Lantern? But just in general, where do they go from here? What's the storyline from here, do you think? Like, yeah. I know they have a Wonder Woman 2 in the works. They have, um, uh, they have a Batman yeah, movie Batman coming trilogy. out. Do you know if they have a... Uh, um, a oh dang the bad guys i can't think oh suicide squad yeah are they gonna do a suicide squad too yeah they got a suicide squad to a sirens of gotham i think is what it's called they're calling out with you know the poison ivy um harley quinn catwoman oh yeah. yeah um yeah okay and that would be then they're doing man of steel to the lanterns movie um aquaman is the next movie next year that they're they're filming now and then they're doing a flash movie and there was something else another big one i can't recall off the top of my head but yeah so i don't know justice league 2 nothing i think they're waiting to see how it did and how it would fit into the overall storyline i think you got to there was there's some rumors about some deleted scenes or some scenes that were filmed but not included in the movie for Justice League that 
you know, Steppenwolf was defeated, kind of like what he was now, and he went back to Darkseid, and Darkseid is like, okay, well, I guess I got to go take care of it type thing. So I think that's the plot for the next uh, Justice League movie, and Hmm. they'll, they'll build up to it in some way. So with the Aquaman movie, do you know if that's like a <clears throat> origin origin type movie, or is it just uh, continuing from this storyline? Because they didn't really talk a lot about who he was and where he came from yeah. and how he came to be, kind of thing. It just showed his his really hot sidekick chick there, you know, Mira. and uh, <laughs> right, yeah, and then uh, and that was it. They just had a quick conversation, and and that was that. So. I wonder if they're going to do something a little bit more origin-like. But if not, what I want to see is one thing that's always kind of weirded me out about the the Marvel series. And I know we always compare the two, and we're going to compare the two to the end of time, right? Because they're both different universes about the same, you know, super, you know, superheroes. Yeah. But one thing that's always bothered me about that is when you did another movie like the Iron Man movie or Spider Man or. Um, any of them, right? Thor. Whenever they had this big catastrophic, I'm going to save the world event on Earth, they were the only ones there. Like, what, you know, like when Thor's fighting, you know, in Thor 3, when, or Thor 2, the Dark World or whatever, when he's fighting, you know, and the ship's crashing everywhere. Like, what, everyone just was watching TV and none of the superheroes wanted to come help out? Yeah. Like, oh, Thor's got this. He's He's got it. He's going to take a nap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that always bothered me. So I, I hope they do something. And I said Spider-Man, but I take that back. But I hope they do something like Spider-Man where other superhero gets involved. Like, oh, crap, you know, he needs my help. And we're superhero pals. So let's let's do this. I got you back, yeah. you know? Yeah. And because I always found that unrealistic, kind of silly, that there's these Earth destruction level events happening but because this movie is about this superhero, that none of the other superheroes are going to get involved. Yeah, I agree. And I think DC's done a good job of um, building that. Because with Man of Steel, you know, Batman was around, Wonder Woman was around. But they show why they didn't get involved in the first Man of Steel movie, right? Uh, they show mm-hmm. why in um, Batman versus Superman. Wonder Woman didn't want to get involved anymore, and they explained why in her standalone movie. And then Batman did get involved, except for he was trying to take down Superman instead of trying to help him, till the end anyways. So they've kind of built that into their stories as to why um, they're not helping. They showed why Aquaman doesn't want to help, you know, in the, the start of Justice League. You know, he just wants to be left alone. That sort of thing. In The Flash, I think, I don't know, you know, he's just not... He was just a little kid or, you know, a young kid and he kind of doesn't know what to do. And they showed that in Justice League as well. You know, he hadn't gotten in any, any fights. He just pushes people and runs away. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's what he says. I just yeah. kind of push and yeah. run away. You know, I, I don't think he's really yeah knows what to do with his powers or how to control him. And like you said, he's young, you know, he like he, he got his very first job at the end of the film. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I mean, we're talking a really young, young guy there. And so I, I can see that. So and, and then works pretty new to the game. So he mm-hmm. you know, this was his first go around with saving the world or whatever, too. So I think they've done a good job with showing, you know, why no one's gotten involved until now. So 
And I think yeah. with Aquaman, to, to your point about that, is when watching it the first time, I didn't really pick up on, you know, he's not living in Atlantis. He's, you know, doing his own thing. He's living in that village and helping people out and stuff in his own way. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until Steppenwolf attacked, then he's like, he talked to Mira, his, you know, the girl, and he he has a bad attitude towards Atlanteans in general, it sounds like, you know, because his mom was the queen and he feels like she abandoned him and hasn't, you know, paid him much attention. And so he he's uh, has hard feelings towards them. And I think the Aquaman movie is going to be about how he comes back and joins up with the Atlanteans and ultimately becomes their king. Mm-hmm. That's the st- and they'll probably do like they've done in these other ones, you know, the origin story will be in flashbacks like Man of Steel outside of that initial part on Krypton, you know, then it jumped forward, you know, 33 years to when Clark Kent was trying to figure out who he was and it told his story in flashbacks. So I think they'll take that route because that seems to be pretty typical of these movies. There's always the flashback scenes of what happened before and why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be cool. So, and then kind of a last thing with, with justice league, I think, and I just kind of want to get your take on it and I know what I feel about it. Yeah. And I know it's been out there. What about this rotten tomato controversy, right? That's going on with their review. Just what they got 40 something percent as a review. Was it that (laughs) Barely. Right. I mean, it was a low percentage. And got a horrible percentage. Uh, there was that thing about they were posting reviews for for people that hadn't even submitted reviews yet. For critics who... Yeah, critics. like Who have an account know, with them. Yeah, critics were saying, hey, I never posted this review. What the heck is this? And it's a negative review. Yeah. And, uh, and Rotten Tomatoes had a horrible explanation. Basically, uh, we don't know what happened. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost comes across as um, like they're doing it on purpose. If you got, and the thing is, if the fan score was fifty percent, right? You know, it's barely above the Rotten Tomato score. Okay, this is not everybody's cup of tea. But consistently in these DC movies, the fan score is double or more than what the critic score is, and it it blows my mind every time. Every movie is like, okay, even if you don't like it, how, why, you know, not everybody, not every critic hates it and every fanboy loves it. I mean, there's got to be a middle ground somewhere and there isn't. It's always so polar opposite. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rotten Tomato score, 41%. Uh, Google users, over 20,000 people, 85%. Yeah. So how is that there such a large disparity and how can people – how can Rotten Tomatoes continue to say that they are not biased, that they don't have an agenda, that they have honest and partial critics? How can they continue to seriously flaunt this with these huge disparities and then you see horrible, crappy shows like Sharknado – Get eighty plus percent. Spy Kids ninety three percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand where this large disparity. Either they are so out of touch, they literally have no idea what's going on, 
or something's going on and no one wants to really admit it because that just makes everybody look bad. And I don't know what it is, but it's something. And I, and I think it's getting to the point where, I mean, fans are, you hear, see everyone talking about it now. It's in the news. I mean, it's, it's got to be a wake-up call to them. But the question is, do they care? And they're so big. Do they care? Is anything going to change? I mean, who knows? I don't know. And uh, yeah, it just just blows me away. Blows me away. So we're just going to start our own fan review site and take over Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've talked about that and, uh, uh, you know, and to really do that because I think that Rotten Tomatoes has just gotten out of the out of touch, really. I mean, in large parts because, I mean, I don't think they're looking at this as a, for fans anymore. I think they go in there, look, you know, and they have like a pre-idea like, oh, this is a Marvel movie. I'm going to look for all the good things. Oh, this is a DC movie. I'll look for all the bad things as opposed to going to a movie and be like, oh, this is what was good. This was what was bad. Yeah. And that might even go further down because Rotten Tomatoes always says, well, we just, you know, compile all those, the reviews into one place so you don't have to look everywhere and make a score out of it. Okay. Maybe that's true. Um, so then all these critics, you know, maybe it's them. They, it falls on them if that's the case. You know, are you so far out of touch that you think Sharknado is a better movie than Justice League? Well, and not only that, I mean, and I can agree, I can agree with that. I would say you're right. It's the critics. If there wasn't proof that critics are having uh, reviews posted for them. Yeah. And if they are, why is it a negative or a positive, why can't it just be in the middle? If they didn't submit anything, let's say they got too busy or they forgot or, you know, whatever reason, and they need to post something and Rotten Tomatoes does it for them, it should be a middle of the road at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the very least, it'd be, you know, it'd be something neutral, but to be a negative review, I mean, that just is, yeah. that's corrupt. Yeah. I don't even think they should post anything. If the if the critic isn't doing anything, then they there just shouldn't be a post on it, a review on it. Oh yeah, and I mean it's not even like the show's doing that bad. I mean worldwide, four hundred eighty-two million mm-hmm. right now. Okay, put that in perspective. Uh, what is it that came out? Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Came out two weeks ago. They're at seven hundred and ninety-one. So they're doing more. But they have a two-week advance, you know, yeah. more advanced. But it's not like they're doing heads and tails better, right? Right. I mean, I think when all said and done, Justice League is going to end up, you know, maybe five twenty to five fifty million. You know, when they they move out of the, um, the theaters, and if they end up right around there, I mean, they're top top 13 14 movie of the year for total gross so yeah I mean, that that's not shabby how do you call that bad yeah the budget was 300 million say what the budget was 300 million if they double that then that's financially that's a success well shoot i mean let's get real a hundred million is a success i mean shoot if anyone wants to give me a hundred million dollars 
I'll call whatever you want a success. I mean, what what does it take to be a successful movie these days? You know, like people can really call a $200 million profit a a bomb. It bombed at the box office. They only made $200 That's a rough life. Yeah. Well, I think these studios are seeing, you know, Star Wars making a billion and all these Marvel movies making triple what they cost. So that's what they want. And, but the well, thing they, is, if they give up on it and start something new, there's no guarantee that they'll get that, even with the new stuff they're trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I hear you. Top top three grossing movies of the year. What do you think they are? So uh, far. I think... I, I know you think... I know you think Star Wars is going to beat everybody. I don't quite believe that, but I've been wrong before. <laughs> Aside from Star Wars, what are the top three? Beauty and the Beast... I believe that came out this year, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman. Okay. Then, I don't know. I don't know what number three would be. Spider-Man. Homecoming. So, Wonder Woman, number seven. They did $821 million. Spider-Man, number four. Hmm. So, they just missed it. Number one, you had it, Beauty and the Beast. One point... Almost $1.3 billion. Dang. That's crazy because uh, I didn't even see it in the theaters. No, no neither did I. <laughs> I didn't either. So, but I, I bet, I mean, the kid draw, that's the thing. It was yeah. an adult and a kid draw. Whereas, you know, you can't say that about some of these other shows, you know. Right. Um, Fate of the Furious, number two. $1.2 <laughs> $1. billion. Wow. And I heard it wasn't even amazing. But yeah, most of that, that movie. Overseas? Uh, yeah. Only 18% of their take was from domestic. Yeah, I can see that. I saw it in the theaters, and it's probably one of my least favorite Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, I, I, I still haven't seen it. But, I mean, look at number five, number five movie of the year. Tell me if you've heard of this. Wolf Warrior 2. No. They did less than 1% of their total take in the United States. Hmm. But number three, Despicable Me, Despicable Me 3. Oh, yeah. Billion dollars. All, all three billion dollar movies. Dang. But I, I mean, that's, it's almost like that's what you have to have to be successful. You don't make a billion dollars, you're not successful. Yeah. Which is totally, it's just um, skewed. That's not reality. No, it's not. Look at Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, however you want to say it. Number eight movie of the year so far, almost $800 million, horrible movie. Yeah, I didn't even see it in theaters. I still haven't seen it because like every time I look at a YouTube clip or something, it just makes me depressed. Like it doesn't even excite me. I'm watching clips from the actual movie. Mm. on youtube like two minute clips i pretty much know the whole movie from the youtubes and i'm I'm like this looks stupid like i just can't watch this you know critics and good all aside i just it doesn't excite me but 800 million so you're gonna somehow tell me that's successful i mean yeah yeah, sure success if you measure success by straight dollar amount yes but if you measure success by a good solid movie no way well i think in today's world, it is about the money. In today's Hollywood climate, you know, the good movies with the good stories, they're, they're not going to produce those. So Yeah. 
ridiculous. Are they going to have they're going to have those go the independent route for the the film festivals? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, I can see that, but I mean, you you just see so many good mo- movies just miss because of things like that. I mean, uh, I don't know. If, you saw Split, yeah, right? Yeah, that was good. Did you like it? Yeah, great show, right? I was surprised. Less than $300 million, bombed at the box office, horrible, blah, blah, blah. There's so many horrible reviews. But that was a solid movie. But because they don't put up the numbers, no one's ever, you know, there's not a critic in the world that's going to give it the time of day. Yeah. Luckily, they're doing a sequel to it, so. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be there, that for sure. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that's that's Justice League and Take. We kind of skewed off in the end, but uh, <laughs> um, overall... Yeah. I give it a B plus. I give it a B plus because uh, it had a lot of great sequences. Um, I really liked some of the character development, uh, some of the introductions. I brought it down because one, I thought it moved a little too fast for non fans. You know, if you're new to it, I thought it moved a little too fast for them. Didn't give them quite enough. And then two, there was no Green Lantern. I should give you a C, but I stuck with the B plus. So. <laughs> B plus for me. Right. Um, I wrote a pretty good review on it, posted it on our website, randomanks.com. So go read it. Spoiler. I think it's spoiler free. That one is, I'm going to write a, a spoilerific one and we'll probably talk about more, um, justice league in the future episodes since we both liked it. Um, but I'm giving it an a minus. I, like I said, my really, my only real criticism is it was too short, which impacted the story, kind of like what you were hinting at, what you were alluding to. Um, disappointed there was no Green Lantern, but it's not a deal breaker for me. It's because you're not a fan. Uh, if this was Star Wars and Darth Vader didn't show up, Darth you would hate it. Dead, so. No, no, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for me, it wasn't vital. It, I think they'll redeem themselves by in this, you know, the Green Lantern movie that they're going to do. I think they'll explain why it all makes sense and we'll love it. So yeah. A minus for me, uh, go check out my review and let us know what you think. Cool. All right. Um, the Punisher, we have watched, I've watched one episode and haven't got back to it. Mark, you you said you watched uh, seven episodes up to this point. Six. I'm Six. just about halfway through it, so it's thirteen episodes total. Okay. So a little bit longer than like you know they were doing nine, ten episodes before, with yeah. this whole, um, you know, group of movie uh, group of shows they have. So this one's a little bit longer. Uh, I have heard from. Uh, you know, so I listen to the radio about you know the movie reviews and they do them on certain days and they had one this morning and it's one that I like to listen to off ninety six point three. I don't necessarily like ninety six point three in general, uh, you know with the you know Carrie Bill and Gina in the morning. Um, I don't you know they do a radio from hell show. I, I don't really listen to them all the time, but I really do like. Uh, the reviews they do. They do some solid reviews. And one thing that they all said is that it was a little long. Uh, 13 episodes was probably too much. They probably could have done it in nine episodes, nine, ten episodes. Yeah. Um, 
obviously haven't got there. Six episodes in, I've enjoyed it so far. There's a lot of action, a lot of story, a lot of backstory. It does get a little slow sometimes, but the slowness is made up in action. Action, action, action. I mean, you saw Punisher in the first show. I mean, you know what you know what's coming. It's the same it's the same guy. You know what's coming. And there's a lot of action, a lot of great action scenes. And but I think I like this one a little bit more because it puts more story behind what's going on. So you can uh, kind of relate instead of it's just some sadistic killer killing everyone. Right. You kind of are like, oh, okay, yeah, that guy does deserve to die. Yeah, rip his face off again. You know what I mean? It's just kind of, and then afterwards you kind of have a moral quandary, like, wait, was I cheering for that? But, <laughs> um, but it's a uh, good so far. I I've enjoyed it. I you know, I, we had a couple people comment on our Facebook page. Some people were like, oh, I've heard it's bad. Some people were like, I've heard it's great. Some people that have seen it said it was great, etc. And. Uh, I, I've I've enjoyed it so far. I mean, uh, we'll give a more thorough uh, rundown, you know, when we finish it. Give everyone else a chance to finish it. But I mean, if you're watching, give us some some feedback. What you think of it uh, so far? I I've, I've definitely got to give it a good grade, and I'm gonna keep watching it. So yeah, it's definitely good. good enough. Yeah, uh, I like I said, I saw the first episode and a lot of action. It's pretty pretty brutal. I think you kind of expect that though from the Punisher. Um, but they don't hold back really <laughs> when he was beating that guy with a sledgehammer or those three oh. guys, I guess. <laughs> I was like, Ouch. Oh my gosh. Right. Like he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that too. I was like, Oh, and the crazy thing is like, you didn't feel bad. Right. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. You were kind of like, jokes. yeah, that guy deserves it. You break <laughs> his other leg. And then like, I just gotta go read scriptures or something. I feel bad for that. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. I'll keep watching. If the major complaint is there's it's slow because there's too much story, that's not a legitimate complaint for me, especially with TV shows. Mm-hmm. If you kind of expect that slower pace with TV shows where they're, they take time to develop the characters and the story, and as long as you're going someplace, I think that's fine. I think that's important because I'd rather watch... Um, a show that has a lot of story development as opposed to a story that just doesn't, you know, that's too quick and doesn't really go into the details. I think that Mm -hmm. comes from reading books, right? You know, you don't want the, if there's a 1200 page book, there better be a lot of story development. And usually there is. And I would rather read a 1200 page book with lots of good story development than a 200 page book just full of chase scenes or whatever. So I guess it's personal preference, but doesn't bother me at all. So that's good to hear. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean there because uh, some people aren't like that, but I'm the same way. I mean, yeah, yeah I like the story in it. I, I don't mind, you know, as long as it's a good story, right? Now, if, yeah. I, if it's kind of like a J.R.R. Tolkien book story where I'm reading 13 pages about the glistening leaves in the sky, okay, that's a little much, <laughs> you know, rip these pages out and throw them away, right? But, uh, you know, if, if it's solid storyline, which it is, by all means, you know, let's let's hear it. I think it gives me more context and it brings me into the movie more. I, I'm more invested as a, a fan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep watching it, finish it out and talk about it in an upcoming podcast episode. So stay tuned for that. Let us know what you think if you've seen it or if you're currently watching it. You know, make some comments on our Facebook page about The Punisher and let us know. Next up is the Oathbringer book, 
release and the release party at, um, I guess it was at the Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo, Utah, just down the street from BYU. Uh, typically, the release parties have been at the BYU bookstore, but due to the popularity of the book and the amount of people that show up, I think they sold, what, 4,000 books that night, so over 4,000 people. Uh, There's just too much to pack into that bookstore anymore. So they rented out a convention center and had everybody show up there. And even then, it was pretty packed. I don't know yeah. if they'll be able to do it there next next time. Yeah, it's almost like they're going to have to move it to Salt Lake, yeah. one of those convention centers, because it was really – I thought that was too small. Yeah. And they were pretty unorganized. Uh, <laughs> well – and, and some, I don't want to totally blame them. Yeah, it was their first year doing it there, and they had kind of had some logistic problems, yeah. right, and where to send people and stuff. And that's where the unorganization came through because, um, you know, it just was like a crapshoot at a couple times. But, uh, I mean, they, you know, they fixed it. The fans were good about it. You know, people were, were cooperating, you know, uh, which was great, made it a lot easier. Um, I think that uh, they could have – you know, just done a little bit better there. And two, it seemed like a lot of people just didn't know if you had questions and you went and asked a group of people, you know, like, Hey, well, you know, what do I find this? Or what do I do? It was just like, I have no idea. I'm just supposed to stand here. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was just, I'm just a volunteer. And it's like, well, that's nice, but who am I supposed to talk to? Then you go and talk to the person who they say, and they're just like, Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, <laughs> Yeah. You're right. It's a good question. Do you think you can help me out? You know, like, but uh, I think a lot of that had to do with the new venue because yeah. at BYU past, they've always been on the ball. Like, oh yeah, this is what's happening. This is when. Yeah. But uh, um, overall, great. It was, it was a lot of fun, right? I mean, you had yeah. fun. I I think I had I had a lot of fun. It was great to hear uh, Brandon Sanderson talk. If you if you haven't seen anything from that we have something on our youtube page just under random angst um about brandison brandon sanderson giving a talk uh he always does a q a section uh session and we we did get a good video of that and he read some from a new book right and that was skyward yeah, Skyward. And it was kind of like a first draft type thing. I mean, you could tell when he was reading it, there was like, oh, here, here's a mistake kind of thing. Yeah. But it was uh, pretty good. I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, I wish that book was out. I, I'd go buy it. Yeah, it was good. Um, someone commented on our YouTube channel on this video that, and I agree with him. I can't remember who it was offhand. But if you go to the, the video, you'll be able to see it. Uh, he said that, they need to screen the questions for the Q&A better because there's certain questions he's not going to a- answer. So why even ask him, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And people try to get sneaky and ask it a different way or try to backdoor the question to get an answer. And it's like, no, he's not going to tell you a major plot point that is, hasn't been written yet. You know, that's but, coming what out is in he, the next book, right? Yeah. And what does he give you? It's like a raffle or something? Yeah. It was kind of cool how he did it this time. You know, had he had his son dressed up, and every time it was a RAFO, which stands for Read and Find Out, so R-A-F-O, RAFO, if you're not familiar with the term, uh, he would have his son hold up a sign that said RAFO. So it was, it was kind of cool how he did it. But, um, yeah, I mean, cool to ask questions, but stick to the questions you think he's going to answer. So they need to have someone vet those questions before... Like when the person raises their hand, 
and the guy comes with the microphone, you know, pre-screen the question. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to give us spoilers. Well, and yeah, it's kind of like, to your point, it's kind of like going up, you know, how does Kaladin die? Yeah. You know, I mean, come on, he'll never answer that in, in a million years, right? Yeah. I mean. He's not going to be like, well, in book 10, this is what happens to him. Yeah, and unless you're an alpha reader. Yeah. Or, you know, or a gamma or beta reader, whatever you called them. Um, you're not going to even know until you get like one of his final drafts out, you know? And so there's no way he's telling us. And then even, even still, um, moving on from that, it's, you know, what kind of quality questions are coming out? I, I get people want to ask cool questions and funny questions and, you know, there's definitely some good ones in there, but there was that question and, and you and I commented on it when we were there, you know, I know that, uh, what did he say? Like, how do I become a better reader? Yeah. Is that, is it, that it? And it was almost yeah. like, like you, what you said at the time, you're like, I oh, just trying to be a little too clever. Yeah. Right. And, but it's questions like that. It's like, I mean, what's he going to say? Read it 10 times and then mm-hmm. write an essay about it and then read it again. Then you will be the best reader. I mean, come on. He's not going to, how do you become a better reader? How, how do you become a better fan? How about that? To ask yourself yeah. that 50 times before you ask that question again. So, I mean, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I think that'd be good too. Cause then you'd get better quality questions as opposed to a lot of these weird feel of questions where he's going to try to answer it, but he can't. And then 20 minutes went by. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of questions that people had that they were better than what was given that I think the whole audience would have enjoyed if he would have been able to, or if they would have been able to pre-screen him somehow. But yeah. yeah. So the, you know, the, the fans were there. There was a lot of fun stuff to do. I mean, they let people in at seven, I believe. And then the, the book release didn't happen until 10. So for three hours, you know, you're like, what are you going to do for three hours? But they had, they had some trivia stuff going on where they, you could battle with other fans about, you know, this question or that question. You'd win a little sticker, a prize. So, and then they had a, a trivia, online trivia quiz, of, you know, really easy, medium, and then super hard. So you could do that. And then if you had the fastest time, you, you'd win a pin. So there was stuff to do that was fun. There was people there with cosplay from the, the stories. So you could take pictures with them. And then they had paintings from the, the jacket covers there that you could take pictures of that were really nice. So it was, you know, there was stuff to do while you're sitting there waiting and you could always talk to fans. We ran into a, a guy, Joel Phillips, I believe his last name is from uh, back when we all camped out for the last book of the wheel of time. And he was there like a month before everybody camping out in the snow and the freezing cold at the BYU bookstore. So we <laughs> ran into him. He's still hanging out with Brandon Sanderson and, you know, coming to the party so it was good to run into him and a couple other people so you know it's just fun to do and as far as camping out I was able to camp out this time and I got book number 55 and even though I didn't go until like the night before that was the soonest I could get out there with work and other responsibilities so I feel lucky to get book 55 for only coming the night before and then Mark you didn't even really come at all till <laughs> you didn't come out and you got what 90 93 93 so not a lot of turnout for the camping out this time around which was surprising yeah and i think it's because like um i mean 
I can't remember that guy's name, but he, we camped out with him a while ago, and he was a cool guy. He was, I think, top ten book, and uh, we asked him if he was going, and he he was under the assumption no, they do random drawings, and they did do a random drawing the last book, and there was a lot of frustration about it. Not a lot of the fans, like especially diehard fans, liked it because they weren't be re- being rewarded for their time and efforts, and uh, you know if if you go and camp out. For you know, five or six days, you deserve a number one, two, three, five, ten, twenty book. You know, uh, as opposed to, you know, getting some random draw and being book two hundred. Why some guy who would never camp out in the day in his life gets number one? Yeah. And so I like the way they did it, but I think a lot of the lack of camping is because a lot of the fans that had done it before went away from it when they did the random draw. I think you'll see in the next book that might change around a little, though. Yeah. I think that you'll have a, a better turnout for the camping. Um, but, oh, kind of to – what was his name? Something Phillips? What did you say? Joel, Joel. Phillips? Yeah. Um, something interesting about him we were talking about him he's actually in if you read the end of uh, the robert jordan series memory of light he's actually in the book brandon sanderson wrote him in the book he's land mandragoran's standard bearer so if you've read it that's pretty cool so um he's uh i just want to bring that up because i I think that's neat brandon sanderson writes his fans into the books and he wrote other people like some of the people that are writing his inner circle into the books too into the oathbringer and I think that's great. I think it's uh, it shows a lot of uh, um, awareness on his part about about his fans and how much they love him and how much it kind of drives him to do what he does. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some video from him talking about the process. Um, I think he talked about what was it, nostalgia and change. And how that's a key theme in Oathbringer. And then, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's recorded exclusive video from Random Angst you can find on our YouTube channel. So go check it out. And then there's the audio from the re- Skyward reading. I think it's the prologue that he read. Rough draft of the prologue. And that's on our SoundCloud channel. So go check that out for the exclusive audio. And then the actual book, Oathbringer, it's over 1,200 pages. I'm on about halfway through chapter 64, page 631 or something like that. And so far, um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's been some action, but mostly story building and you know new situations. Um, I do appreciate how he is expanding on previous characters that have always been a part of the story, but we really haven't... Um, seen the story from their point of view uh, most notably uh, Bridge 4, the members of Bridge 4 that we're introduced to in the first book uh, they're kind of going in a new direction so we we get to see their viewpoints and then you know some of the the guys that were heroes in Bridge 4 have kind of taken a bad turn and one of them's like addicted to drugs and the other one's a traitor and so we kind of see their their viewpoints. We're still following their their storyline and where they're at. So it's it's refreshing to kind of have some new characters involved that aren't you know huge characters, but we still like them. So I, I've appreciated that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like you said, some good character development. I've I kind of enjoyed reading a little bit more about. Shalon, how do you say it? Shalon, Shalon, Shalon. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, some of her character, I've liked that. There's been a couple, uh, without spoiling anything, a couple big things happen, right? That's been really exciting to the book, kind of changed the dynamic of the book. Um, and, you know, with the Bridge Four, it, you know, that was kind of interesting. I had to go back and look at some books and like, wait, wait, wait. I, I remember reading about this guy, but I don't know, remember a lot about him. Yeah. So I'd have to you know, find a point of reference and, and it's pretty neat, you know, how it's kind of all tying in, uh, together, uh, print becoming a book. I'm, I'm a little bit further, farther, I'm farther than, uh, Justin. I'm, you know, in the eight hundreds, uh, I, I actually had to take a, Justin, I talked about this. I had to take a break from the book because I'm so invested in it. Uh, something happened that really upset me, uh, not upset me because it was bad writing, upset me because the characters, I just want to punch him in the face or something and so i had to set it down because i couldn't read anymore because i i don't know i don't know what i've done and so but uh great book i mean i i've really enjoyed it so far uh we've had it for uh how long now a couple weeks yeah i think it came out on the 13th i believe yeah so a couple weeks and i'm about uh two-thirds of the way done so probably give it another couple of weeks and then we'll do a full review on it. Um, give everyone a chance that any of our fans out there that are reading it, you know, a good month to, to read it. And I think that's what we talked about is we want to give for books a good month before we really delve into it and do spoilers. Because, you know, it takes time to read some of these books, especially when you're talking about a 1,200 plus page book. Yeah. And uh, and so – I mean, we'll, like I said, dive into it more. But overall, I mean, it's definitely a book worth getting. If you haven't started the series, start the series. Look up Brandon Sanderson. He's got all type books. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a great book. What's the first book called? Is it? It's not Words of Radiance. It's uh, Way of Kings. Way of Kings. Way of Kings is the first book in the series. Pick it up. Uh, read it. Uh, you, you won't be sorry. It's a great book. Yeah. I talked to my daughter, who's 13, into reading it, and she's probably on Chapter 5, I believe, 6, maybe. She's liking it so far. Uh, I tried to get my son to read it, and he <laughs> he said he read up to, like, page 100 or so, and then he saw how many more pages were left, and he's like, eh, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's kind of at that age, too, right? I mean, yeah. where it's like, I've got more important things. Girls are looking cute. Uh, if i got to pick between girls and reading, audio's reading. Yeah. Yeah, so he'll he'll pick it up someday. He's he's a good reader, so. Um, yeah, but if my daughter keeps reading it, maybe we'll bring her in for couple minutes at some point to get her take on you know the teenage girl viewpoint so yeah um both bring her check it out read that's book three so read book one and two first or listen to it on audiobook and like we've mentioned in previous podcasts um if you want to listen to some audiobooks go to audibletrial.com slash random angst and you can get a free audiobook on us. You'll have to sign up for you know, a plan. And if you get your first book, you listen to it, decide it's not your thing, you have 30 days to cancel. And after that, you'll be billed monthly. I think that plan is like $15 a month. But you can cancel at any time. And the books that you've bought will be yours to keep. And you'll be able to listen to them again and again. Um, there's even a share option you can share with your friend or your brother, or mom, whoever. 
So a lot of options with audible.com. I recommend going to check it out. Uh, that's audibletrial.com slash randomangst, and you can get a free audiobook on us. If you were to buy, let's say, Oathbringer or one of these large Brandon Sanderson books uh, just by itself without being a member, they're, I think they're like $45 for a book. But if you join up for the monthly plan, there's other options. You can buy, pay for the whole year. You know, just There's different price points, but probably the most common one is the $15 a month. You can get an audio book for $15. So it's a pretty good deal if you ask me. But yeah, go, go check it out. Get a free book on us. Next up is uh, the Terminator movies. These have been around forever. I think Terminator 1 came out in 84, like mid, <laughs> mid yep. late 80s. Yep, 84. Okay. And then Terminator 2 was in 90, 91 maybe. And oh, yeah, yeah, they've been around sure. forever. And they keep reinventing the storyline, adding new situations and everything. But I think the last one that came out was Terminator Genesis. And that was last year or maybe the year before. It's fairly recent. And I've enjoyed all of them. You know, some are better than the others, but I've enjoyed all of them. I've watched them all at least once, if not twice. And But there's news that there's a new Terminator movie coming out. You want to tell us about that, Mark? Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of thought the Terminator series might be dead after the last one. Um, I think it was – I think you're right. It was Genesis. Yeah. It did the worst – out of all of them. And, <laughs> and it, was, it was fine. It was good. It was entertaining. But it wasn't, o- like, amazing. Yeah. and the o- I, Okay, I, I, I take that back. It didn't do the worst. The only one it did better was was the one in 1984, and it showed in a 1,000 theaters <laughs> when tickets were, like, three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, you can count that as the worst. Yeah. Uh, the best, Terminator 2. Yeah, that's still the best. Still the best. Still the best. I mean, it, it, it's a good franchise. They, I mean, five movies, over six hundred million dollars. Yeah, when they do an adjust, an adjusted gross, it's a, a you know a billion dollars is what they are. So it's a billion dollar group. Yeah, I know it's not as big, but I mean, you're talking movies spread over, you know, twenty. 20 years. plus years. Yeah. Well, I guess 30 years. 30. Yeah, 30 years, you know. So, I mean, that's definitely not bad. And that's just domestic. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you put in, you know, so it's a good good series. Yeah. Um, there was a TV show, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. And, and I never seasons. saw it, but I've heard it's good. Yeah, I, I've seen the first season. And then I was watching the second and I didn't finish it. Because I think I stopped watching when they canceled it. Because I was like, well, I'm not even going to finish it then. They got mad and, you know, threw, threw a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. I, I enjoyed watching it. They they took a new turn. You know, they're, they're always doing the time travel thing. So they kind of created their own time frame where they could do this new series within that time frame that didn't affect the movies. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they're always doing something, and, and you kind of see where that starts to hurt the movie in yeah. Genesis, right? It, it it started hurting it to the point where it became so convoluted. The storyline was getting lost and trying to keep up with the time travel. Yeah, in the first one and two uh, movies, you know that was kind of one of the cool things about it is how. 
the time travel effect of the overall story. Like, whoa, that's cool. He came back and he killed the Terminator and he's John Connor's dad, you know, you know, and he's from the future. And what are they going to do when they eventually meet each other before, you know, so it's a lot of create a lot of conversation, but now it's to the point where there's so much time travel. You don't, it's hard to keep them straight. Mm hmm. So, yeah. So uh, another thing is, I don't think there's ever been a, a the same actor hasn't played John Connor in consecutive it, movies. No, which blows me away. <laughs> and you one of the biggest think, roles ever. Yeah, two billion plus dollar industry, and the main. Well, I, it's not even the main character, right? But like the character that the story revolves around yeah. i mean if you remove john connor you don't got to ter- you don't have terminator period right. right so it's this show about this kid named john connor and you have five different john connors now i can forgive the very first one from terminator 2 i guess you have four john connors right yeah. uh you i can give the first one because he's a little kid then he grows up yeah but then you've got the next three movies, and they're all different guys, and they all look different, and it's just weird. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, I mean, I don't understand how you can't keep the same John Connor. So, but, um, yeah, one of the one of the most recur- – like, definite recurring characters, just unstable, apparently. Apparently, can't keep the job there. So, yeah. but – so the story is – uh, there's a, they're working on a, a project for Terminator. It's untitled. Uh, the rumor is it's coming out in 2019. So we're a couple years away, about a year and a half away. I'm sure it'll come out sometime summer, you know, early yeah. summer, something like that. Just seems to be what what it is um, is what I think. Um, there's not a lot of news on it. There is a couple confirmed reports. Okay. Now the first one is that Linda, Linda Hamilton will be returning. And for those of you that don't know, Linda Hamilton, Hamilton plays Sarah Connor. She's the, the mom, the original one from the first two. And, um, she's coming back, which is great. And Arnold is Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah Arnold. Yep. And uh, he's been in all of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he never showed up in the TV show, as far as I remember. But he's been in all the movies. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yep, he's coming back. Um, let's see. How old's Linda Hamilton? <sighs> She's got to be in her sixties, right? At least. I mean, I know she was kind of young then. I have no idea how old she is, but she's got to be in her 60s. But they're coming back. What they're doing is they're going to pretend like everything after Terminator 2 never happened. Hmm. And I guess you can do that in a time time travel film, right? <laughs> they're yeah. they're going to pretend it just never happened. So it takes between, it, you know, technically it starts between number two and number three. Hmm. But the way they're apparently they're going to write it is that the – from three on, that timeline has been deleted. Will never happen. Well, and they can just write in a couple, like one scene, basically, where they changed their mind and didn't do. You know, they went back in time and changed their mind, and now that whole storyline is just gone. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty yep. easy to write out, but I don't know if they should do that. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, who knows what they'll do? Maybe they'll address that. Maybe they won't. I I know that that's kind of where it started going downhill after number two. I thought they. T- started to try to get a little too creative yeah 
instead of just telling a good story. And uh, I think it hurt them. So, um, so that's kind of where they, they went on. Uh, James Cameron initially, uh, he did number one and two. Initially, it was said that he was going to come back and do this one. However, that's now changed. He's no longer coming back to do it. He will be involved on some level. What that level is, I, I have no idea. I don't know kind of um, who's doing it. But it is going to be um, directed by Tim Miller. Now, he's the guy that uh, did Deadpool. So, you know, people have liked his movies. He's had some success out there. And the writers are going to be the writers that did the Batman trilogy and the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So they, they've been involved in the series. They kind of know the flow. And I like that they did the Batman trilogy because that kind of feel for a movie is kind of what I see what the feel should be for uh, a Terminator movie. You know, that kind of – I don't know, just the feel of a movie, if that makes sense. And um, – with Tim Miller being in it, I said this to Justin earlier, I, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty violent. Now, I hope it doesn't get to the level of violence that we see in Deadpool and we don't have so many, you know, where people are just swearing to swear because that kind of turns me off to a movie. But, uh, you know, I, I, it gives me, you know, it's positive, I think, that, that they have a chance to redeem a series. And... Uh, yeah. You know, because I think this is it for it. It's either going to make it and end it, or I mean, it's either going to break it and it's going to end it, or it's going to make it and they'll continue doing some more. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, so, who are the writers? Does it give names? Uh, let's see. Nope. It just says they've all they've just brought in some the writers from Sarah Connor Chronicles and Batman Trilogy. I mean, I'm sure it says it somewhere. Yeah. Just not. You know what? What I've what I found. Um, so um, about a year and a half is what I assume that we'll see something. And like I said, there's just not a lot of um, information out there other than they've announced it. It is in the works. It is being written. They have chosen a director. Um, okay. So it's still in pre-production mode. Yeah, yeah. Like they haven't done much with it, and I'm sure. It, I'm sure what you'll see in it too is you'll see a handoff of a Terminator. Like Hopefully. so, re- so even if they do more Terminators, even if it's a great success, they're like, yeah, let's keep going. I think you'll see an end to the T800. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, for those that don't know, that's that's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. He's a T800. That's his model number. Um, you- you'll see an end to him. You won't yeah. see his. Uh, him anymore i i just i can't imagine him <laughs> continuing to play this i think it's like it's almost too much as is but i think that th- they should wrap that up nicely and make it so now you have a t900 or a, you know t1000 or t50,000 i i don't know what you call them right some crazy android that kills everyone so but um yeah, I think they went to the well too much with that whole concept of because in Terminator Two we saw it for the first time where there was the old Terminator who's outdated battling the new Terminator and he barely beats him type thing. But then in each subsequent Terminator movie, it's always he still beats the newer, even newer one, the newer model, right? Yeah, so it's I like mean, he's almost like invincible godlike character, and it's like, nah, yeah, kind of going to the well too much with that. 
like with Genesis, right? I mean, John Connor gets taken over by some DNA reconstruction, you know, thing and, and he beats it and it's like, well, why didn't the computer just stop making them after T-800? I mean, why would you ever make another one? Like, obviously this one is like, can defeat liquid metal ones. He can defeat DNA ones. I mean, what the heck, you know, like, yeah. (laughs) Like if, uh, such such a smart computer, why did it ever make anything else? Yeah, what's the the name of the computer? It's like um, oh, it changes. Skynet, right? Uh, originally, it's uh, Skynet. Skynet, yeah, and then it changes to yeah, Gen- the one, the one. Uh, yeah, it changes to Genesis. There's a third one in there too. I remember, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just keeps changing. And I think what it was showing there, and I, I kind of got that, is that. They stop Skynet, but there's always going to be something else that will bring the doom. Like it, it kind of like went on the idea that um, it was going to happen regardless. All they were doing is prolonging it. Yeah. Right. It was like no matter what they did. And for those of you who are nerdy as I am, that's kind of the time travel um, flux, if you want, or whatever the problem with it is, Paradox. is that you could never go back in time to change something that would that would affect you. Because, for example, say like Justin got in a car accident and died, and I felt so bad, so I made a time machine to go back and save him. If I saved him, I never would have made a time machine in the first place. So how could I go back to save him? Yeah, right. It's kind of that idea you know, with the Terminators is that no matter what they do, it has to happen. The end of the world, the, you know, the computers have to take over. Otherwise there would have been no reason for them to come back in time in the first place. They never would have existed and it never would have happened. So that's called a paradox paradox. That's it. (laughs) So, you know, so it's kind of that idea. And I, and, and I, so I kind of got that, but like you said, you just went into the well too much. Like, okay, we get it. Yeah. And to tie the Terminator, our final uh, review or final talking point, tie that back into the first talking point, Justice League. The guy who is Cyborg's father and the guy (laughs) who creates Skynet in in one of the first movies is the same actor. (laughs) So the same actor plays Mr. Stone in Justice League. And plays Miles Dyson in the Terminator movies. So now is that a coincidence? Yes, I, so I Justice don't know. League is the new Terminator movie because Cyborg is a Terminator, right? Yeah, pretty much, right? T eight hundred plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, no, yeah, I noticed that actually. I was, uh, I, I did like that. I was like, oh, cool. He's and whenever I watch a movie with Chelsea, I'm always like, oh, he's in this movie, and she's like, shut up. <laughs> but because I, I know I'm like oh yeah great yeah. but uh, that's kind of funny that's that's good I'm not the only person that noticed yeah so anyway that's our show for today we want to thank you for joining us at Random Angst and listening to our podcast and hopefully uh, it's been entertaining you know, we enjoy talking about all this stuff and we'll continue to do so so if you are listening let us know on our website um randomanks.com and join in the conversation there or you can read just read our articles we're also on facebook.com slash and i would say that's probably where most of the social interaction takes place is on our facebook page so go there go there check us out uh, we post our podcast there we post our 
review articles there from our website. So, you know, that's kind of the main hub for now. And then we're also on Twitter, which we don't use that much, but it's there, twitter.com slash randomangst. All our podcasts can be found at soundcloud.com slash randomangst, as well as on patreon.com slash randomangst. We're also on Tumblr, Pinterest, and there's something else, but yeah. So just search randomangst on any social media platform and we'll be there. So we want to thank you for listening and join us on those platforms and you know interact with us we want to hear from you we want to you know kind of hear what you guys are interested in and maybe we'll do something with a show or a movie that you like so let us know um we'll be talking more about justice league in the future oathbringer once we finish the book as well as the punisher uh, we'll be delving back into these as well um thor 3 recently came came out thor ragnarok and We'll be addressing that in a future episode, most likely our next one, as well as X-Files Season 11. That is uh, a new season coming out in January, the 1st of January. So we'll be catching up on our X-Files and watching that new season, and we'll be talking about it as that goes on. Uh, We're also watching Gotham, Riverdale, The Tick, so we'll be talking more about that as well. Uh, We want to thank you for joining us, and um, Mark... Do you have any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, you know, uh, just, you know, thanks for listening. Um, you know, we enjoy the listeners. Uh, we've, uh, have a lot of stuff, you know, some, a lot of content out there. Listen to it all, you know, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, watch our YouTubes. We have some good stuff, especially if you're a fan or you wanted to know, you know, more about Brandon Sanderson, more about some Star Wars stuff, things like that. You know, come, come listen to us. Uh, thanks for, uh, and if you are listening, thanks for listening. You know, just uh, you make it enjoyable to do it, and we, you know, want to do it to make everybody, you know, more knowledgeable and more involved, and let us spread our our nerdum around. So, yep. but uh, but yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening. Definitely enjoyed the episode tonight, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you guys later. Yep. And we have talked about one last thing is we've talked about doing a Batman series, a podcast where we would review. Um, most notably the movies kind of you know starting with Batman from 1989 and just you know each movie release up until this most recent one with Justice League just kind of give our take on Batman in that movie and how he progressed throughout the movies and what's different and what we like about him that sort of thing so look for that coming up in the next few weeks Um, you know random angst the Batman series so once again thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time